This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Chris Wilsoning, we are back. It's been so long. This long, dark season of not seeing you every week is finally over. Yeah, summer is usually not described as long and dark. However, it has felt that way. <laughs> so I'm really glad to be back in the same place. Um, I hope that your ministry setting is awesome now. I know that you are now on the East Coast, right? Uh, serving outside of Washington, D.C. So prayers That's and congratulations right. as you all completed that move. And uh, for me, I'm still in my basement, but uh, I did have a very exciting- I now have a basement too. I'm, fi- I'm, basement I'm too. getting more and more like Chris Wilterdink every day. <laughs> Well, I'm in favor of that, I have to say. Um, I'm also really glad to be back talking with you. It's been a good summer. Um, We've got a great set of ideas for what the Youth Worker Recharge can cover for the next uh, couple of months, honestly. Uh, And so today you have a very fun topic for us to dance around that I can't wait to get into it. So let's just dive right in with both feet. Well, I, I, I just... Here's the question. I I was talking to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago and they were telling me about how they really, (laughs) they really didn't like this one kid in their group and they were struggling with it (laughs) because they're supposed to be their pastor, right? They're supposed to be their youth pastor. And what does it say if your youth pastor doesn't like you? (laughs) Um, And I thought, man, that is a question that is so important for people to think about, consider like, and for us to talk about, what do you do? Because Chris, I'm putting you on the spot right now. Has there ever been a teenager in your youth ministry that you didn't like? Are we naming names? No, 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 no names. No names. I'll name names, baby. I will come (laughs) out swinging. Uh, No, uh. absolutely there have been people that have driven me crazy in youth ministry, right? Um, One of the running jokes with my wife and I before our first son was born um, was that we would go through the activity of trying to figure out what we might name this baby that was going to join our family. And I had a list of names, just like teachers have lists of names (laughs) that like, it it can't be that name. I'm sorry. We can't have a, we uh, Jacob, I love you. I'm sorry, we can't have a Jacob. Like it just right, right. that name has been spoiled for me because of my experience in youth ministry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely, there have been some. Um, the reason I thought this was such an interesting topic to get into is that once upon a time, you and I had a conversation about you know really the purpose and the role of a youth ministry leader at a local church, and there is a struggle in some churches where there is still an assumption that the person who runs the youth ministry has been hired to be the kid's friend, right? Right, yes. But but that's not the way it is. And and I want to say that, and I think you and I are on the same page. A youth ministry leader is not hired. They're not put on staff or volunteer for that matter. You're volunteering as well. Your role as the leader, you are not a paid friend to teenagers. That is not your job, not your role. So it's going to be totally natural to bump into some people uh, youth and maybe some of the parents as well that you just don't like, and you have to figure out what to do. Um, I'm sure you've had some as well. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. And, 
And I, I, I remember there was a kid in my like first group. Um, uh, I guess it was technically my second group. My first group, I was only there for a year, but <laughs> my second group, the, the, that, um, I didn't like him and no one liked him. Oh, no one liked him. Right. None of the adults liked him. Most of none of the kids liked him, but his mom brought him there every week. And he was, he was just in the stage where he was intensely irritating and obstinate and rebellious, all of the things. And it was hard. I mean, it was really hard because like you also like, as you were like watching him be rejected, you were also feeling the like pull to have some of those exhibit, some of those same behaviors. Right. Okay. And sure. to not be around him and to not want to interact with him and, and all of that. And that's, it's hard because like there are some people that are going through a season that makes them unpleasant to be around most people. Right. Well, so what's really funny about this conversation is my son started seventh grade, right? Okay. At the beginning of this academic year, and he is driving my wife insane. Yep. And all I'm doing is saying, he's a seventh grade boy now. (laughs) It's not always going to be like this. However, um, I, I need you to know that like, this is part of why community is a big deal because- you can let that kid go drive somebody else crazy for a little while so that you can get a breather and get some perspective on it. So there, there are going to be moments, right? There's going to be seasons as young people mature that they're going to, they're going to hit these points, right? Where they might annoy you. They, they um, might uh, honestly openly feel like hostile to you um, Yep. or not know how to argue very well yet. Right. And just get very emotional about something. And not be able to kind of separate their emotions about something that they're feeling about something outside of church versus something that they're feeling inside of church. And that can affect your relationship. All the things. So listen, it's going to happen, right? You're leading, you're leading ministry of any kind. There are going to be people um, that you're not going to like, and you're going to have to figure out what to do. So I know number Which I one think is the first thing that you've got to do, right? Yeah. You've got to be like, this is normal because if you're energy is being spent on beating yourself up and trying to pretend like it's not normal to not like people. Sometimes you won't be able to process past that. You're going to waste all your energy on that. And so step one is like, give yourself a break. Yeah. I don't like a big deal. It's normal. You don't like everybody. Uh, yeah. And tell me if this is fair as well, right? Like Jesus loves everyone. Yep. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus liked everybody all the time, right? Like, no. There's plenty it's of stories clear. of Jesus finding Jesus's own space, uh, as yeah. well as him getting into some pretty direct conversations with people about behaviors yeah. he didn't like and stuff he didn't like, right? It's really clear. Jesus did not like everybody all the time. <laughs> no. And yeah. as a youth leader, you don't have to either. Um, so yes, right. number right, one, right. recognize is totally normal. Uh, number two... And this goes like, this is a big piece of advice across the board for a lot of youth ministry stuff, but you're not the only one, right? Like you as the leader, okay, you're the point person, you're coordinating, you're facilitating, you are creating lots of space. You 
do not always have to be the single adult that is responsible for developing a relationship with a young person or getting them welcomed into the community. You need other people to do it. Other people who aren't like you and might have different interests and who might not be driven quite as crazy by this one particular kid. Absolutely. Uh, I remember growing up, my mom, there was a kid who was in our church that was labeled as really bad, the bad kid. Mm. And I remember my mom always was nice to him, always talked to him. And one point she said, I always like the bad kids. Um, and I think that's important to know that like, there's people who really do like that. Like they, they, they like the, the there's just lots of different. And so you can find, you can find the person that, uh, connects, right? You can, and uh, and it, and it might take a minute, and and at the end of the day, though, it might be a team effort. There have oh, been there have been um, kids where, like, I'll sit down and I'll talk to volunteers trying to figure out who connects with this kid. Nobody connects with the kid. Nobody like it's it's one of those moments, and you're like, all right, look, we've got to share this. Um, this kid is in a season where they're really irritating everybody. So, um, like we, to the point that like, at some point we kind we had a schedule, right? You are, your job is to be with this kid this week, next week, it's this person, next week, it's this person, next week, it's this person, you know? And that was also, um, in the case of a kid that was having some behavior problems that they needed a lot more active monitoring. Um, uh, but yeah, but we traded it off week to week and which helps, right? If you're trying to like be okay and compassionate and empathetic and all the things to a student that is really difficult to like right now, if you know that like, you don't have to do that every single week, it's a lot easier to give yourself bandwidth this one week to give that extra bit. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think the idea of a team effort and equipping other people to be in those conversations and also to be aware um, of the need for those conversations is so important, right? Because uh, I'll speak from personal experience here. Sometimes if there was something or somebody that I didn't really like or didn't really love, I would hesitate to share that with others because I felt almost as if that was like, you know, squealing or it was something that I shouldn't do, right? (laughs) Um, and honestly, looking back that that's a bit of a mistake. If something was giving me a hard time talking about that with other people that are invested in your ministry and not only want the best for you, but want the best for that youth, Mm -hmm. don't shy away from those conversations, jump right into them because, um, the more people that know there is that ability to share. Um, I I also think that I would lift up, um, if if there's a youth that you, you know, you just don't like, or is driving you crazy, or as you mentioned with your mom, like somebody who gets labeled as the bad kid. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of value in figuring out ways to meet and understand their support system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that there may be something behaviorally that's happening because of what that young person is experiencing. Absolutely. At home or in the context you know, where, where they're going to school. And, and um, just because the church is a safe place where they can express how tough life is right now, um, mm-hmm. means that honestly, they value that, that space at the church that you've created. Yep. It's just coming across in a really painful kind of way because yeah. it's driving you crazy and it's disruptive to the rest of the group and everything else. 
Um, but if you or that team can start to, you know, meet family members or, you know, start to understand the context that that young person is growing up in right now, honestly, that can sort of open the door for helping you as the leader figure out who and how the behavior or, you know, the relationship can get built up based on what you're going through. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that yeah. has helped, um, is, you know, in the case of if we're sort of going down that sort of tangent of a kid who's been labeled a bad kid or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that's really helped me is finding ways to give that kid a leadership role. Um, sure. Right. I'm not going to ask them to lead the Bible study on Tuesday or whatever. Right. But any level of like leadership where they are contributing and feel like they can have control and where you can very, very off the cuff be like, Hey, I'm so thankful for John for uh, making sure that all of our trash was taken out last week. That was so helpful. Right. Um, you might be the only person that's treating them that way and is complimenting them that way. And, and every kid needs that. Right. And, uh, and I've seen some kids really grow through some of that, that way, but so there's, that's one kid. Sure. Sure. What about Chris, when it's like the whole group oh, right? man. or almost the whole group where you're just like, I dread being around these kids. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's some sort of like, often my experience when I hear that comp comment is there's something in you that you value that this community that you're in really doesn't value. And, and you're like, man, all these kids are whatever it is. Right. Sure. And, and you have a hard time week after week showing up and being there and engaging, <laughs> smiling, all of those things. Right. What do you do when it's not just one kid? Oh, this is such a big question. And I'm so glad that we're talking about it because there's a couple of things that immediately come to mind. Um, when we were talking, you know, in our planning about this topic, the first thing that comes to my mind in that situation has to do with burnout, right? Have you gotten yourself to a place where things that didn't bother you at the beginning of your time in ministry now are bothering you? And if so, that's a sign uh, well, it could be a sign of a couple of things. Could be a sign of burnout, right? Like mm -hmm. that you're tired, you need a bit of a breather and to find a little bit of perspective on stuff. Um, it also could be a sign that, you know, you sort of overlooked some things about the system of ministry that's taking place in the church uh, yeah. when you got started because you were really excited or you're like, oh, I'm going to change this or I'm going to do something new and it's going to be totally different. Um, and then you get in there and you find that that the system of the church itself um, really isn't changing and things that you might've ignored or not paid attention to at the beginning of your ministry time now just kind of keep bubbling up and causing yeah. you this sense of dread. Um, if you've ever, um, if you've ever been at home and it's one of those evenings that you have to go to a committee meeting or a youth group meeting or something like that, and you find yourself having to talk yourself into getting in the car and driving yeah. and parking in the parking lot, Pay attention to that feeling because it does mean that something is off fit wise, right. burnout wise, energy wise. Um, if you have parked in the parking lot at the church and you've sat in the car 
trying to talk yourself to go into the building or to psych yourself up for the meeting that you're about to have. Pay attention to the feelings that you're having and sorting through while you're in that car, because it is a sign again, burnout, fit, um, systems kind of stuff. Something Mm -hmm. is off and you need to be able to figure out what it is because when it seems like you hate everybody or you really Mm -hmm. don't like everybody that's in the group, the yeah. odds are it's not everybody else. Uh, at least in my right. mind, the odds are it's something that's going on with you. Yeah. And and I'd say there's a couple of things that I think is really important to deal with that. Number one, do not, whatever you do, talk to your supervisor or senior pastor and tell them that. Hmm. You can tell them that later when you know what's going on and what you're going to do about it. You don't need to plant that idea in their heads right now, because if you need to find another job position, whatever, you're going to need some time, you need some space to do that. If you need to work on yourself and your attitude, whatever, if you discover it's burnout, you're going to need to do some stuff about that. Um, But if you just go to that person and say, I hate everybody here, right? That is... That is not going to, there's no, there is no good, uh, that's going to come of that. Um, so don't talk to those people do find someone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you have a partner, it's your partner, but maybe, maybe it's not them, right? Maybe it's another youth worker, right? It's a mentor. It's a, a pastor at a previous position that you've been in, but you do need somebody to help you process it because you need somebody that can ask you questions and say, okay, how are you feeling? What are you doing on taking care of yourself? How is this right? When you, when they hear you say, Oh, they do this weird thing. That's so dumb. They might say, that's not dumb. That's normal. Right. You're being whiny about this or, or whatever it is, right? You need somebody that can reflect back that is in no way tied to you getting a paycheck, right? Um, because you don't need to put your providing for yourself and your family in jeopardy as you process something like this. But you do need to process it. And you don't need to process it by yourself because that's ultimately not going to lead you to a place most likely that, that you can that you can figure out what to do next, right? Yep, I, I agree with you. And, and that... That kind of processing stuff is so difficult. It's why there's such value in a community of other ministry leaders or some kind of mentor or coach or spiritual direction or those kind of to have those trusted conversations with. Yeah. yeah. So I I would say also, I, I realized that I didn't make another piece. This isn't something to go to the youth pastors Facebook group and ask them. Right. They don't know you. They don't know your church. They're going to say some advice that may or may not be good. They're probably going to quote some Bible verse at you. You you need to find somebody that you actually know and that knows you to process that with. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, you did mention like if somebody has a partner, right? Um, yep. Even even, uh, somebody who's like a good friend or a best friend, right? Somebody Mm -hmm. that that knows you outside of the ministry leadership setting can be so valuable in this conversation for helping get some perspective on either what has changed in you 
or what is changing mm-hmm. at the church where you're trying to lead ministry, making this feel like an awkward fit. Um, right. Yes. I know you and I use that word in our planning as well, right? That the idea of fit and, and fits change, right? Like, yeah. I would love to think that I could still rock the same outfits that I did when I was 25. Being yep. 43, I probably should not do that anymore. Um, simply because I'm in a different shape and the clothes are in a different shape too. Um, yeah. So to think that to think that <laughs> I'm static, doesn't fit the same way it used to, <laughs> except for that one hoodie, baby. Um, but to, to, you know, to to try to get away from the fallacy or the lie that we never change or that the church yeah. never changes. It's not true. Like we have to constantly be paying attention as we change and as the place that we're serving changes, um, that we continue to be a fit, you know, and, and yeah. I, I really want to make sure that we talk about that idea that that you brought up in our planning related to sort of um, fit and values. Right. So that is important. Sometimes a community changes, Right. Churches, people are moving in and out, joining and leaving and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and values change, communities change. The people that make up that community change. And, and so I think there's, there's sometimes that like you've just showed up, right? You just showed up. This is a new place for you. And you showed up and either they did not put an honest foot forward with you or you missed things. And you're like, these are not the people I thought they were. Right. That's one piece. There's another piece though. And especially for people who are part-time or volunteer youth workers that you've been in this church for five, 10, 15 years. And, um, and the, and it, and there's an ebb and flow to it, right? There's a changing of values and that kind of stuff. And so, and you're like, Oh wow, the church is different. This is we're in a different season right now, a different group of people that we're reaching. Um, I remember I was at a church that for a while was reaching a bunch of um sports people, and then all of a sudden, and this this dates it, but like we had an influx of goth kids, okay. right? And that's a very different group that you're reaching and their parents, right? And so, like you. And the church is changing. And, and, and the question is like, for, for you that sh- when you show up and you're like, ah, this was wrong, that's one discussion. But if you are there long-term, right, this is your community. Um, it might not be that you say, oh, this is a bad fit. I've got to leave, but it's a different perspective of like, I'm wanting to shape this community and this, and we're changing. And so I need to, I need to ask myself, like, how are we changing? What are we doing? That's causing this change. Is this something that I'm okay with? But I, I, as a long-term leader, a lot of times you say, you know what, we're in this crazy season. I don't know what golf kids are, but I'm going to stick around. I'm I've been here for 15 years. I'm, not going to let a couple of kids with eyeliner like and weird clothes like run me off and then you know you last a couple of years and then goth isn't a thing anymore and all of a sudden you're back to something else right and so understanding the seasonality of some of this kind of stuff and like um and if you're a volunteer part-time or long-term person somewhere sometimes it's important to just take a break and be like, you know what, as I look back, we've always been changing. So 
this is not all, even though I don't fit really well with the group right now, doesn't mean I'm not going to fit with the group in a year or two. Right. And so I just need to ride this out for a while and see where we're heading. Right. Uh, I agree. And this is bringing up memories for me as well. Uh, when I was much younger in ministry life of trying to be things that I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> did you put on eyeliner? Uh, absolutely not. No, I never okay. did. Um, although, listen, the soundtrack you to that your hair is, black? The soundtrack to that era is top notch. Um, I've only yes. dyed my hair black one time, and that's when I was in uh, high school, and I was offered the part of something evil in like the Christian musical that our youth choir was putting on, and I was convinced by the choir members that there is something called temporary black hair dye is not temporary. Like there is like, no, once you go that dark with your hair, like that's it until you cut it off or dye it Mm -hmm. something else. So if I ever get brave enough to show you my senior pictures from high school, you'll know that I did the musical (laughs) at my church junior year at the end before I got my senior pictures taken anyway. Um, no, the, the idea of trying to be something that you're not in ministry or having to spend more time on the things that are not life-giving to you in ministry mm-hmm. is really hard, right? Right. Um, you have to be able to, and again, this is for the whole fit conversation, burnout conversation, any of that stuff. Um, it, it's related to the boundaries that you can set for yourself. Um, yeah. And it is welcoming other people into the fold um, so that you are not being forced to do the things that drive you crazy or interact with the people that are driving you crazy all the time. Because if you do that, it is going to end up feeling like everybody, right. Or it is going to end up feeling like everything is, is just not a good fit anymore. And you need to go search for something else. Um, But I wouldn't want anybody to do that just like off the cuff either. I think there's some really important discernment that needs to help, you know, that decision-making process happen. And I think we talked that through as well. Yeah, because I think part of it is that um, when we encounter difference, sometimes if it is very different, it is, we sort of like tag it as bad automatically. Yeah, and it's not. And we need to live with it for a little bit um, and, uh, and, and learn how to respect, respect it sometimes, right? Um, and... And I think that's a, a a wise a wise word that you had to find find other people find the resources that are needed um, to to connect and yeah I think that's that's important we don't we don't want to because the, the other piece that that can happen is if you feel that way and you flip that switch to like oh all of this is bad then sometimes you have this. Um, you just start acting and creating a group that is not welcoming to the people who are there. And, and which is a thing you can do. But uh, when you do that, that means that the people who are there will stop being there and you're going to have to build up from an empty room or a relatively empty room um, pretty quickly. Um, And while uh, that is a, that is one path you could take. Um, it's not a path you want to take accidentally, right? I'd agree. There, there's kind of two thoughts I'm having right before we we get to the end here. 
Uh, yeah. One of them is there's an old Simpsons episode and it's kind of been turned into a meme now. So people might still know about it, but uh, it's this picture of principal Skinner where he's asking <laughs> himself, um, is it me? Am I out of touch? No, it's the children. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so when you're going through these things with the fit, like it's also going to be very natural to ask yourself those questions. The, is it me questions? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's not always you. Right. Sometimes there's other right. stuff that's going on in the church or um, the sort of collective energy that is built within a congregation. And that's what's going on. And, and yep. you're still doing what you've always done, but the church has changed. Um, yep. The the other thing that I, I think I want to try to be able to give some voice to um, is, again, just the reminder of how important it is um, if you're early in ministry to mm-hmm. try to go through that first wave and see what it feels right. like. Because like you mentioned, you know, the 15 year vet who's been doing this for a long time has done several right. of those and says, yeah, there is something on the other side after this fit feels so weird. Yeah. As long as we're intentional about the space that we want to build and we're like pretty true to the core values of the ministry that I want to lift right. up, we're going to get to the other side and things are going to start to feel good again at some point. Mm-hmm. But I do have to work through this stuff. If you're yeah. early, right? If you if you're in your first one, two, three years, and it's the first time you're going through this, and you're not sure what to make of it, and it feels really strange because you got hired and you started, and there was this honeymoon phase where everything was great, and you were getting some good energy rolling, and then something happened. I don't know what it is, but something happened, yeah. and now it doesn't feel good. Don't just bail because it doesn't feel good right away. Take the time right. to process it trust in the intentionality and the foundation that you've set along with other team members in your youth ministry mm-hmm. and watch what happens on the other side, because it'll, it'll look similar. It won't be exactly the same as it was before, um, uh-huh. but it'll feel better, right? Like you're right. not always going to be stuck down in the Valley. So I guess that's my right. closing thought. I don't know if you've got another one you want to toss on. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's it. it, it it's not always that way. And, um, and, and what you need to do is, wherever it is, if it's one kid, if it's all the kids, it's important for you to find a place where you can keep going and give yourself space to figure out what you need to do, how you need to process that. Depending on all the different situations, like we said, there's lots of different roads you need to go down. Um, but you've got to make sure that you you give yourself space to be able to do that um, because not processing this kind of stuff, just, just out, uh, you know, having your like lizard brain react to it. Not, not the best. (laughs) Million percent agree. Million percent agree. Um, Well, Jeremy, thanks, man. It was so good to play some catch up. Uh, I am glad that the summer is over just because it means you and I get to keep doing the youth worker recharge. So that's right. Um, those of you who ended up watching live on Facebook today, thank you for hanging out and spending some time with Jeremy and I, uh, during the school year or the academic year, we really try to have this conversation Monday afternoons. It's always live streamed on Facebook. And then, um, our amazing, uh, podcast editor will, uh, eventually get to turn this into a recorded episode as well. And you can find past episodes of the Youth Worker Recharge on umcyoungpeople.org. All right, Jeremy, till next week. See you then.